0: and that's a cool thing in my business i would say 95 percent of my employees now never worked anywhere else so they've all been through my training class we all kind of communicate the same way in the beginning i was just hiring anybody and everybody if you had a fucking pulse i was bringing you in if you if you had any experience and now when i flipped the script and kind of said okay well no we're only going to bring up guys from our ranks right or we're going to teach these guys we'll create sales guys we'll create technicians it's made a big difference on the communication side, right? You don't have to teach an old dog new tricks. Hey, this guy only knows the tricks that you taught him. And I think that's been a big difference. So I know you do that same thing. You've got to do a lot of the training in-house where you can you can level on the guys and they can know exactly what you want them to say at any time.
1: Welcome to the Home Service Expert, where each week, Tommy chats with world-class entrepreneurs and experts in various fields, like marketing, sales, hiring, and leadership, to find out what's really behind their success in business. Now, your host, the Home Service Millionaire, Tommy Mello. Welcome back to the Home Service Expert. I've got Victor Ranker here. This dude is changing the game. You guys probably know who he is. There's very few people that are coming into an industry and doing what Victor has been able to do. Got to meet him in person here at this last event for Joe Crisara. Uh, He's an expert in HVAC entrepreneurship, marketing, recruiting. He's based out of Orange County, Absolute Airflow. He's the president from 2018 to present. And he's also the CEO of Service Hero Academy. Victor Ranker is the owner of Absolute Airflow, Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning based out of california he's also the owner of service hero academy which provides powerful training resources for beginners and intermediates in the industry as well as weathered pros who are struggling to increase their sales tickets and become top selling techs 2021 he became a tops and trucks fleet design contest winner victor why don't you tell everybody about yourself Uh, this is going to be huge i think i'm really looking forward to it my mentor al levy said he's watching so uh we got to be impressive here so
0: yeah, man. I mean, uh, little about me, you know, I'm just an average guy, right? And I tell people all the time and, you know, somebody works his ass off, but he's just a normal guy, just like you guys and, and just like me. And, and the big thing is I'm a normal guy that just worked his ass off. And I always tell people my, my beginnings. So I mean, nine years ago, I was doing oil changes for $6 an hour, uh, living in Cleveland, Ohio. Had no future. Didn't know what I was gonna do. You know, I moved back to California, and you know, I just had my little girl, and I got an opportunity to to go apply to a company that's gonna teach me how to do HVAC. Uh, I had no idea what HVAC been for six and a half years ago, um, and since then, I've uh, it's changed my life. The whole sort of home service business or industry has changed my life. I've been you know been able to come become an Airtime Five Hundred top selling tech. I got recruited, paid a lot of money to go work at another business. And then I decided to have an entrepreneurial seizure in 2018 and start Absolute Airflow. We own that. We've done over $30 million in revenue in three years. And now, uh, about a year ago, I started a marketing company called Service Hero. And that grew to you know a million-dollar marketing agency in a couple months. And then this year, I decided and in March, I decided to start getting into sales training, which is more my passion. That's like my my lifestyle business, I guess. as my passion business. So um, I've been doing sales training for HBC and plumbing contractors all over the country. They fly out to my location in California and i training with them. So that's kind of what I got going on in a nutshell, uh, kind of the short story.
1: So you got something special coming up here. Uh, shoot next week already, isn't it?
0: About, yeah, 16 days away. Yeah, So, you 16, know, I get to, two weeks. yeah, two weeks away. I got a, uh, you know, about six months ago, I don't know some of you guys might know Brent Buckley or not. Me and Brent just started talking in messenger and saying, Hey, look, you know, he knew what I was doing sales training and, I, and, you know, he was thinking about getting into the sales training industry. Yeah. You know, he's been he's $7 million HVAC tech. And I said, okay, let's throw this event. And then we're like, okay, let's throw into Vegas. And then I got a hair in my ass and said, Hey, how about I go get Grant Cardone for this event? So I called back Grant Cardone. I don't know if you guys know how much it cost to get that dude there, but that was a, about a quarter million dollars drop to get Grant Cardone there. And then everything kind of snowballed from there. I mean, a lot of people just wanted to, to be parts of it. So, you know, I got Weldon Long, I got Jason Walker, Ishmael Valdez, Tommy Mello is going to be there. I mean, just to name a few, Brandon Dawson <laughs> just an eclectic group of just of entrepreneurs. that want to help people get to the next level. So uh, I'm pretty excited about it. I've been working my ass off on that event for six months. So yeah.
1: So let me ask you, and this might be a tough question, but obviously you want to grow your training. You're trying to create a name for yourself, which you've done a great job of, but in a perfect outcome, I know you're pushing um, a new CRM and we don't need to go into too many details here, but, but feel free to tell whatever you want. What is the perfect outcome of this event for you?
0: I mean, perfect outcome for me. If if you guys have been following my story, I'm a I'm a man of the little guy, man. I hope that the guys that do come get to see, you know, because I got blessed, right? So I got to work at one of the best, best heating and air conditioning organizations in the country. They're going to sell for a billion dollars, uh, service champion. They're, they're just a phenomenal company, right? I got the opportunity to work there. Most guys in the country, throughout the country have never got an opportunity, first off, to be around top level sales guys, be around a top level company, top level owner. They've never got to see that kind of stuff. So, you know, if you know me, that's truly what I care about. I hope that when everybody leaves there, they're going to leave like, holy shit, I can go take my business to the next level. Other than that, obviously, I'm a businessman. You know what I mean? I'm there to make money. Uh, I have an app that comes out sometime this week if the developers can finish it. So I have a sales training app. that's going to literally take anybody off the street, teach them how to repair an air conditioner, how to communicate to a customer why they need to do repairs and also communicate to the customer on why they need to replace it and why they need to replace it now. So it's got objection handling, uh, urgency building, all these different things that are built inside the app that we've been shooting videos on for six months, seven months. Uh, so, I mean, it's a one of a kind. No one else has ever really had anything like this. So I was pretty excited about that. I'm hoping I can sell a bunch of that. I did create a new partnership and I just got I just got off with to I was talking to him about it, but that's what this one is here is Carrot. Uh, it's a KPI tracking software. So each one of your technicians in the field, say you have your iPad on you. You set you as the owner. You set the KPIs you wanted to hit, and then it it stack ranks them all month long. It gives them, hey, you're tracking for this. You're tracking for this, and if they hit their goal, then they win prizes that you get to curate. So you get so like we partner with Nike, Adidas, Home Depot, all these, and pretty much Southwest, Ticketmaster, everybody. We partner with them, and we we're able to say, if Tommy went to go buy these gifts, it would cost you five hundred dollars. Well, we're only going to charge you $250, Tommy. So your guys are getting $500 worth of stuff. You're paying $250, and then you get to be happy and they get your KPIs that you want. Uh, it could be anything from custom A1 garage door shirts. It could be a bunch of different stuff. But I think it's going to change the way that people operate, especially if you have a business with a bunch of young employees that are hungry. It's going to be like a Peloton thing, right? Or like a, how uh, what's the other company, Vivent Solar. They, they create things that guys are chasing all day, like a carrot. That's why it's called carrot. And hopefully a business grows with it.
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I was checking out your stuff this weekend and I saw Carrot and I did a little bit of research. I kind of clicked on everything and kind of studied it and it makes a lot of sense. I didn't understand that they get the deals at half price. You know, we've been looking, we've created two different stores for employees and none of them have gone amazingly. I guess the big deal for me is choosing products. I'll never buy a cheap t-shirt again. I'll never buy a cheap shirt again. I mean, these shirts are not yeah. expensive, but they breathe. They don't shrink. They don't get lightened out. So I have a rule, I guess, that from now on, I like funny things that people want to wear that, and things that, you know, don't even say one on them. It's really understanding that it's not all about the company at all the time. Really, you can do a lot more and carrots are great. You know, we're bringing on a sales manager here pretty soon, and their whole job is to help them hit their goals. And then yeah. we're bringing in a dream manager. You kind of heard me probably talk about it up on stage. But it's important to understand a lot of these guys want a new iPad and whatnot. But some of these guys want to own a home. They want to maybe speak a second language. They want to be able to get their kids in a private school, especially with, don't get me
0: started, the crap going on right now. I was thinking I'm going to make a homeschooling app so you can learn everything. because <laughs> I, I don't know. Not a bad I'm idea. Happen. How many kids do you have? I got three men and then none of them are getting that goddamn shot, I can tell you that much. So how old are they? I got a seven year old Bailey, I got a four year old Bryce, and I got a one year old Braden. So And two then boys how many and a girl.
1: employees do you have right now?
0: I currently I have between all businesses a little over a hundred, but my main business in California is about forty employees.
1: So you don't have to worry about the mandate, which is no, crazy, no. no. so you got you got all these guys coming to this event. How many attendees do you have so far?
0: There'll be about three hundred, give or take, somewhere around there.
1: Yeah, the, the, you know Joe's a really nice guy. I enjoyed everything. Joe's a giver. You know Joe just yeah. got a big heart. Really wants the best to attend. Understands how to take people from here to here. And you know sales is interesting. What I find is, right now we're very very good at sales. Could we be better? Everybody could always be better. <laughs> There's nobody that can't say I've reached the top of my sales career. I can't be better. Because now you start going into other sales. like That's why HVAC and plumbing do so well, because you can do both. But I feel like a lot of people, when they get into business, they become so good as a technician, so good at sales, and sales kind of hides everything. Sales masks everything. and helps you get by. People always say, what's the first thing you would have done differently? And there's a lot of things. I would have cared more about the employees. But I say, understanding the controller role, understanding that revenue is for vanity and profits for sanity. 100%. Uh, that goes missed a lot. And I'm just curious in your business. And listen, I don't need to go into numbers, but did you, like I did, make a lot of mistakes and really go after the revenue rather than really trying to keep a bunch of the money?
0: 100%. So from day one, I wanted to have anybody that was there said, I, I told them I wanted to have the biggest home service company in the country. And that was my goal. But I didn't know what that meant or what it entailed or where to get capital or where to. I didn't know how to run a business. I was a sales guy. I was a technician. And and I just like I said before, had an entrepreneurial seizure. As the business grew, the first 12 months, we did five million dollars in revenue from nothing from scratch. And you know, obviously when you start getting all the revenue, my ego got in the way. But I I never really like blew a bunch of money on myself or anything else. I always just kept putting it back into the business. But I wasn't I didn't understand the correlation as, as you get bigger, that overhead number starts skyrocketing, right? And and the correlation between the two and that's kind of what eventually caught up to me so eventually overhead always catches up if you don't monitor or you don't adjust to that overhead so you know year one you did five million last year we did like about 10 million dollars in revenue and we we had doubled the revenue in the second year so we're like okay cool and then this year i started running into the problems because as you get bigger i got up to at one point we had 96 employees 96 employees multiple locations and i never I wasn't paying attention to it. I didn't know the numbers like I should, like I do now. So I almost went bankrupt and that was about April or May of this year. I realized like, holy shit, like I'm way in over my head. And that's when I started getting some help and, and trying to change how I operate. And I started thinking the opposite way. Like I started thinking about profits first, rather than before I was thinking about revenue all the time. I so, said, okay, how do I can sell shit? How do I cut the fat to get me to where I need to be as a revenue wise? So at one point we were losing $200,000 a month. I got us back to break even. I was like, cool, that's cool. Now how do I get us to a 25% net? So like now in October, when everybody else is not making money, I'm going to hit probably 26% to 30% net this month off a million dollars. So you know, you know, I'll be able to hit almost $300,000 profit because I started focusing on the other way and, and reverse engineering it. So I was a revenue guy and now I don't talk revenue. I talk EBITDA and that's it.
1: So one of the guys asked, "Is it commercial or residential or both?" All residential. I don't do commercial. Okay, so <laughs> you answered my next question about the challenges you had. I've been there, man. I've been there to where some people are like, "Man, that guy's on top of the world," and and really it looks like that from from a distance. But I just got in this building two years ago. Today was our big brand opening. So a few years ago. I personally had good money and I was able to stack some cash, but the business just was not feeding what it should have been. And, you know, right before I started this meeting with you, Victor, I was in another room. I have a big green room that we shoot videos, and I've got three guys that work out of there. And one of the guys in there said, Hey, listen, dude, I want to hire a full time writer. And I said, Well, I got a couple of questions for you. I'm totally down to hire as many people, but. I need to know tomorrow, give me your 10 biggest things you're working on projects. And I want to know which are increasing of the morale and the unknowns, but I want to know how are we tracking that back to revenue? He said, well, Tommy, just on our newsletter alone, I'm spending 40 hours a month. And I said, that doesn't fly with me. We need to get that down to 10 a month. I said, we need to start delegating more. He goes, but the quality might not be there. I say, well, show me how the employee morale is increasing enough to make the bottom line increase to make people not leave... You know, I got to have analytics because if you come to me, Victor, and you show me something and you say, "Dude, I'm going to give you a 10 times return on this writer." I'll hire 3 of them if you give me
0: that kind yeah, of return, okay? 100%,
1: 100%. But just going off a whim, I can't do that anymore. I used to say, "Shit, get it everybody you want. We're a big enough company, we can afford it." So I said, well, "What are we doing to track the engagement of the newsletter?" That was the next question. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, are we putting it on the back of the website on a HubSpot and seeing who's opening it and how they're interacting with it? He goes, well, no. And I said, so you don't have any idea the ROI on this newsletter. I said, that to me is kind of scary and I want to help you out, dude. So give me two weeks to work with you. Let's whiteboard a little bit. Let's figure out exactly what needs to happen to be able to hire a writer or why are you so afraid to get a 1099? to get a specialist maybe in another country i'd rather yeah. than be united states based for a writer but a videographer i don't really care as long as the videos come out good he said well it's a lot more work you're tracking people down i said so you're telling me because other people aren't doing their job that we're gonna hire somebody to chase them yeah and he's like well i didn't really think about that and i, I could do better Blah blah blah. i said no dude this isn't a make you feel bad this is just talk about reality let's go to the facts And I feel like facts are sometimes scary, even for me. You know, when I look at certain things and I go, oh, my God, we're in 26 markets, Victor. Yeah. And when I look at them right next to each other is I circle things and I go, what is this? Why is this so much higher? What is this? What is this? What is this? And it always tells a story. And what is so exciting about you is until you get that feeling deep in your stomach and you look at your kids in the eye and you say, we almost lost it. You don't know what life is. You don't know what business is. And the yeah. fact that you stood on on literally the edge and you felt that, there was no cushion. Daddy wasn't there to save you. Mom wasn't coming in with a billion bucks to bail you out. And I've been there. And when you have a check bounce or an employee that quits last minute, that's when you know what business is all about. So you can't get to the top until you've been to the bottom. And I'm glad you're on your way up because not a lot of people know those stories of, all the things I love that there's this picture of uh you know the mountain of success and it's an iceberg. This, this one, yeah, there, there you is.
0: go. <laughs>
1: yeah. All the shit that happens and, and you know the pitfalls that happen in a business. Or that you think it's just this way and the way at top, but you you fall down all these little holes.
0: Well, what the one thing that bugs me the most, Tommy, and, and you've been one that's talked about it, right, is a lot of these guys are the talking heads, and these guys are on social media, and everything's great, and, and all that stuff, and, and nobody talks about the losses, right? So imagine being a, a small-time guy in their state that doesn't have the know-how, but he sees, oh, shit, like, these guys are always doing good. I'm, I'm, I'm doing bad. He's going to give up because he thinks that it's not normal to do bad at one point, you know? And that kind of stuff kind of bugs me, right? So like one of the things I always try to get at, I'm like, I, I hope that people in the industry can be more honest, right? That talk about the don't just talk about the good shit, talk about the bad shit that happened, right? Because that bad stuff you've already been through. Someone else's might be going through it right now and it might help them get past that point.
1: It's like the girl on Instagram that's always posting hot pictures, you know. She was an ugly girl at one point, probably. You know. <laughs> I don't know. That you see these teenagers though, that's changed their life. It was like more suicide and everything. It's like Literally, they don't feed themselves. It's bad, and like literally, for me, is the one thing that I feel like that I've been able to do very, very well is contain my spending. Is yeah, I drive a Titan. It's not an old Titan. Somebody told me one day when I brag about my 2012 Titan, they go, "Why don't you buy a new truck? Now it's getting a little old, dude. You can afford a new one." Get it? I said fine, fair, fair. And you know, I've moved in a really nice house. We just it's under contract. It's been inspected. It's a million dollars more than I paid for it a year ago. It's, it's a good investment. So I moved back into the apartment. I'm building a house for less, but it's everything I want. And I talk real. I'm like, look, the one thing that I think most business owners have a hard time with is delayed gratification. And when you got in there, I'm sure you weren't just buying diamond rings all day, but you really wanted to grow super fast. And, and someone had said here, how did the change to reduce the growth you were going for affect the company morale? Did you have people leaving or were you able to communicate that change and keep people on board?
0: As a business, right? So everybody wants to be on top of the train that's moving fast and moving up. So there was casualties, right? But I communicated it, right? So there's there's one way to go about it. You start cutting people, don't communicate, don't let everybody know what's going on. And I said, Hey, look, I'm going to be an open book. This is where we're at financially. This is what I have to do with these moves. I need you guys to be here. And I said, if I do this, this, and this, and you stay with me, we're going to go to the next fucking different level. And I'm going to remember who was there with me when we made these moves. And I lost a couple guys, but most of her, I didn't really lose any salespeople. I didn't lose any technicians. I lost a couple installers, right? So I didn't lose the people that made me money. I lost... Along the way, I lost a lot of the fat, right? The counting, the, the operation side. I, at one point, I had four people doing the same damn fucking job. Well, now I got one guy doing that job, and he's doing it better than all four of those idiots were doing. So it was a lot of the stuff for the people that that are gone. If you actually ask my other employees, are like, why the fuck was that guy here, right? Because he's he was actually they were kind of mad that that person is even here doing nothing all day. So now I can tell you, my my company morale is in the three years, it's never been better than it is right now. Everybody's happy. Everybody loves to be here. Everybody's excited about the future. The first couple of weeks, month, two months or whatever, it took about two and a half months to go from the 90 something down to the you know, 40. And it was like a death by a thousand cuts almost. But we got to the point now where we're like, okay, cool. This is the squad and everybody here knows where they belong. They all want to be part of it as we grow. They know, they know that now they even see it in me. Cause I was an absentee owner. I was just, you know, I was so focused on other things and I just didn't focus. Like now they see me get, like, no, I know my fucking numbers all the time. I know where we're going. I know exactly where we're going to hit for the month. I know where we're going to hit for today. The and they see that I'm doing that, that I put the work in. Now they want to follow me wherever I want to go. So it sucks in the beginning, but I can tell you right now, that the person that you're worried about hiring is it will quit on you in a second and it won't give a shit.
1: Yeah. You know, in the book, the sales boss, jonathan wisman talked a lot about usually your top guys they want to be taken care of they expect more because they know how much they earn you the one thing that no one tells top guys is how hard business is and some of the guys are going to try to start it on their own you succeeded but when you're really really good at your job i think business owners they become business owners and they forget the fact that they got to be leader they got to build a really good morale around the the company and. They, they got to have a really good culture. They also have to be good at training. They also have to be good at accounting. They have to be good at financing. They got to understand payroll. They got to understand how to work with marketing. They got to understand agencies. And they got to understand how to get vehicles. And then, you know, you you had something happen that's very interesting. <laughs> Yours is about as bad as mine. Everybody would brag to me about how awesome my old vans were, but you rebranded.
0: The old one was so bad, man. The old one was so bad. You know, we both had Dan take care of it for us. I wonder if I have an old one. I do.
1: Oh god here. I got
0: the old logo here. So it's a, I got it at fiber.com and that I was said, not horrible. It
1: looks a lot better on the hat than the than It looks on the truck. Look
0: better on a hat than it does on a truck. But you know, that's the same thing when you talk to Dan. It's like okay, you can get a logo that looks good on a shirt, but doesn't look good on a truck, on billboard, on these other things. But yeah, so, you know, I went through the same thing with, with you did, you know, everybody's like, why are you changing? You know, I had just come off a I'm over a $5 million a year. Right. And all of a sudden I was in Vegas and I remember I was walking through Vegas and I see this, this short, bald guy looks really small, older dude. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and Dan's watching. I love you. I'm just fucking with you. But he's walking through there and he sees and He's like, dude, that's a terrible logo. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, I got defensive, right? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, there's not everybody likes it. We're doing good, blah, blah, blah. And it stuck with me. And sure enough, like a month or two months later, I'm on the phone with Dan. Like, Hey dude, I got to fix this thing. Let's, let's get it done.
1: You know, Al Levy kept bugging me. He still got a van out there and he goes, dude, is your logo. You don't want to insult somebody, but you don't want to also let them feel good about it. So he said, what you got to do is take a picture of your logo in black and white. So literally just print it out on black and white paper. And see if anything jumps out at you. So you know, I've got the Yelp, the Angie's List, the BBB. I got everything in the brother, their phone number, blah, blah, And I'm like, license, bonded, and insured. Here's what we do. And now I drive by, and I'm like, I'm very critical now of other people. It's like, what do you even do? My buddy sent me a billboard, and he's an amazing guy. And he says, Tommy, you know, here's my billboard. And it's got, we buy houses. Here's what kind of houses we buy. Here's the phone number. Here's other ways to get a hold of us. And I'm like, dude, you're driving by this thing. This is all you got. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. It's a drive-by. They're not like, oh, let me go around again the freeway and get the phone number. Oh, let's go read that. No, dude, you got to make, see, what I learned is the billboards, the TV, the radio, really what they do is they build something in the subconscious. And what happens yeah. is the clicks through rate over time. You know, when I was at this big event that Cristiano had, amazing guy, by the way, and I know you know him. One of the um, things that Gary Vanderchuk talked about was the toll booth. And I've t- t- told the story a lot, but he said, you guys realize every time you do TV, radio, billboards, you're paying the toll booth. And, and everybody's like, who's the toll booth? And they're like, Google. Google's the toll booth. Every time someone goes to Google and searches your name, they click on you. Hopefully they clicked on you. If they do a search for Garage Door Repair Phoenix or Air Conditioning Repair Orange County, you're paying 80, 90, 100 bucks. And then hopefully you get that conversion. And, you know, it's interesting, though. You mentioned something earlier and i'm going to do a complete 180 here because you really you made me think here and i don't know if i should say this I might get in a lot of trouble so i'm not even going to name names but there's a guy i know who worked really closely with michael gerber who's one of my heroes uh michael gerber amazing you know he said tommy you wouldn't believe this and don't even guess because you'll guess it's easy but don't mm-hmm. guess and he said Michael Gerber's not that organized. He said he didn't get back to me when he said he would. He said his business was not a whole system. He said, my lifelong dream to become this guy and get to meet him and understand his book was kind of let me down. And isn't that interesting that some of our mentors, some of the people, and listen, I've had people come visit me that said I expected more. You know, this is a funny story that Josh Kelly shared with me, but he said Ishmael came into his office one day and said, you know this is it parker and sons and he said yeah this is this is a place of business we didn't build the taj mahal for people to come visit and and love the business we, we go visit customers houses so yeah you're, you're absolutely right that listen even the best of us have hard times
0: no it's true man you know ishmael obviously he's in my market so we can go back to those billboards right and you know, before talking to Ishmael in Vegas, I already knew where the, the power in that billboard was. And it, it the pill. So he's got 250 billboards or some shit in Southern California, right? And when you see them at first, I'm like, dude, what is this idiot doing? He's got, two, like, he's got billboards back to back to back to back to back. Like if you put it on the freeway, you'd see 10 of them in one drive. And you're like, dude, what the hell? Well, first off, I didn't realize that billboards at that time were super cheap because of COVID. So he was able to apprehend a bunch of billboards for less money, right? But subconsciously in his head, imagine who's driving down that freeway. So you not only you're paying a tax that Google booth for Google, but also how hard is it for you to recruit, right? Well, if you're driving down the freeway all day and you're a technician and you see ten billboards in a row from one company, and your company's giving shitty calls, you think you're going to go probably go see what the hell's going on with that company that can afford fucking ten billboards in a row. And that was probably the most genius thing I've seen him do was it was that. So obviously it's going to help with Google, but the recruiting aspect you can't go down the freeway without seeing a next gen billboard anywhere in orange County. And, and obviously more power to them that, you know, to have the forethought to do that. I don't know if that was what he was planning in the beginning, but that's what I see. I like like, and that's fucking genius. And now we've got you know hundreds and hundreds of people that come work for him and people lining up and calling them every day.
1: Well, a good quick question came in. Are you spending the same amount of marketing or did you reduce your marketing?
0: Reduce. And I was trying to find out, figure out where that sweet spot was. And Tommy said it's 7%. So I'm paying 7%. That's what I'm at. Well, six this month, that's 6.2% is what my budget is for marketing in October.
1: Okay. Well, well, here's what I'll tell you is start with the end in mind, because I would tell you the 7%, 8%, 9%, 10% are all good. 15% is good. It depends on one thing. Am I planning on selling it or am I taking market share? You see, when I work out, I have a plan. Am I balking up or am I cutting up? There's only two things that happen, right? But it's really hard to gain a lot of muscle and get chiseled at the same time. So I think business is the same. I say, look, am I taking on a lot of calories? Do I know I'm going to gain a little bit of fat? Yes. But for six months, I'm going to go into the balking phase. I'm going to eat a lot of red meat. I'm going to do a lot of calories. I know I'm not going to look great, but I know when I get cut up, I'll gain the muscle. So that's how I look at business. And there is a magic number, but but the deal is there's a lot of things that don't pay today. Like SEO, building links, don't pay today. If you do Billboard's TV radio and you think, see, I was a little bit different than Ishmael. My guy calls me up and he goes, dude, TV is like a fifth of the cost. I oh, go, yeah. let's run the shit out. Actually, Mike Bailey in Milwaukee said, hey, dude, I'm going to run some ads on TV. We're a little slow. This is just when COVID came out. I looked at the price. I'm like, is it really this price? He goes, yeah. So I go, wait a minute, you're paying a fifth of the price. And there's five times more people at home. And I think a lot of people miss that. Everybody was running for the hills saying we're screwed. We're going out of business. Who knows? COVID's going to kill everybody. With what's happened. How old are you, Victor? I'm
0: 32. 32.
1: I'm 38. They said everything that happened so far is once in a lifetime. 2000, the housing crash. Once in a lifetime. COVID. Worst pandemic in a hundred years. Once in a lifetime. I'm like, Man, I know a lot of once-in-a-lifetime crap, but now I'm like, a lot of times it's knowing your own business. I know one thing, that if someone else is struggling and I was beating them before, like when they can't get supplies and we can't get supplies, they're struggling just as much. Like, like that's what's nice is I got buying power and people are willing to do me favors now. And I see all these small businesses calling me up. They want me to buy them. And I'm like, dude, this is a good thing because I can help these people and help their families. And I'll tell you what, if it's tough on you, you know Leland, dude. That guy is a business freak. He knows his shit like the back of his hand, and you okay. got to work around that. I mean, when I went there and did a tour and hung out with him, it's pretty freaking impressive. And you got to feel fortunate, like you said, to get trained by the best and see what see what that looks like.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, Leland. You know, I've got to work at service champion, then I went to go work at another a competitor down the street. And the second I walked in, I'm like, this isn't the same, like because I had only worked at one place, and then I got to go walk into another one. I'm like. This guy doesn't. They don't operate. They don't think the same way. Like Leland gets it right, and Leland, there's a, there's a reason why he is who he is and why he's been able to grow that business. But like I said, I I'm forever grateful. Like if I never got to work there, I'd never be mad. I would never have accomplished what I've accomplished. So I, I think that if anybody gets a chance to go check out what they're doing there, it's it's phenomenal. And, and now he's just in, he's in super buy mode. I'm, I I have friends that you know that work there still. And I see them, they're on jets all over the place because they're going to check out these other businesses to help buy them for, I believe, and try to acquire these businesses or onboard all these businesses and stuff. So it's pretty cool to to see not only that business grow up, but like all those people that were with him, he's taking care of them and and allowing them to move into better positions too. So it's pretty cool.
1: I'll tell you my favorite thing I I think that I took away is his team, his dispatch team, amazing. There's a guy... um, been trying to get a hold of him named
0: Wyatt. Wyatt. Yeah, Wyatt's a good friend of mine. I was actually just, he's the one that's been flying around all over the place. I've been talking talking to him every day.
1: So Wyatt's a great guy, and he goes, Tommy, he goes, here's what my team does. So we're in his office. He's eating Chipotle. And what happened is they were reaching out to the technician while they were there with the customer. So they were checking in, saying, hey, wanted to make sure he had his booties on when he walked in, wanted to make sure you're happy getting a five out of five. star. It was like the complete accountability. So if you guys aren't mentioning this or mentioning financing or doing this, that completely eliminates it. It it creates the ultimate accountability. And I'm like, oh my God, like we need that. And it just so many things I took away is uh, they took me around and they showed me how they were training and they get all these guys at 15 bucks an hour, but those guys only run the memberships. And recently I had a great buddy in town, Keegan, and he goes, Tommy, here's a little secret. He goes, never put commission people on maintenance agreements. Never. He goes, yeah, give them a small piece. They should get hourly plus a little bit, but their goal is not to sell. Their goal is to create relationships. So you know, I've been doing a lot of this stuff wrong. And the funny thing is I don't get any of the answers from garage door guys. I get them all from HVAC Plumbing Electrical guys.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's, just, it's a it's a business. Obviously garage doors, you're trying to bring it in to a whole new level, right? And going forward, there's probably gonna be another 100 Tommies over the next 25 years that are people that wanna be like you, right? That's gonna change that industry going forward. Cause you know, I, I talk, you know, I'm in a lot of groups and all of a sudden a lot of people are like, well, I do garage doors, I do garage doors. All of a sudden I'm like, oh, there's a lot of people that do garage doors, right? And I've never seen it before. And a lot of the guys that I see, they're doing they're doing pretty well. But most of them are probably following what you do or doing a whole different level from ten, even five years ago, probably on uh, what was going on there. So it is pretty cool. Like so you guys probably do you guys have a call by call manager in your business?
1: No. No, explain that. And I know what that is, but I don't do that.
0: Right now, I have one. I'm trying to add a second call by call manager. And his job, he's he communicates with the technician on the way to call. He's talking about where the call came from. Are, are they homeowners? Are they? You know, he already looked up on Zillow. Is that how many square feet they are, and all these things. And so he's he's communicating. With, okay, well, at this call. It's a 10 year old call. We're going to go after a system replacement here. We're going to go after this. So he already gets them motivated when they get there. within the first 20 minutes, they give them a rundown of what's going on there. Okay, cool. So he kind of gives them an idea what to recommend, what to do, I how to get there. And as they get to the table, they don't feel comfortable communicating. They call him. He'll actually communicate to the customer for them. So he'll be like, hey, you know, Brad's not the best communicator, but let me kind of explain to you why he's recommending this stuff. And he sent me photos and I looked at it, but we both agree that we should probably look at doing this. So he's actually helping coaching these guys, especially because I, I hire all the guys from scratch. So he's coaching these guys through it. He also follows up, you know, after the call, following up, asking for reviews. So he got, that's his day is constantly doing something, right? And as we scale, we'll have a couple more of those guys, and he's making sure we're making those getting the average ticket up, offering stuff on every call. He looks through every call to make sure we have our photos, we have our option sheets done, all that stuff. So it's a pretty hard job, but he enjoys it, and the numbers have gone up dramatically since he's been doing it.
1: So Sean Stevens created that program that used to do the pace yeah, program. Yeah. So basically, you can get a manager out there that runs jobs or teach you how to do turnovers. One thing that I've learned this past two years, Victor, this is the honest to God, swear Bible. Put more time at, up front into the guys. Teach them exactly how to sound, what to do. Have them run through 100 scenarios. You see, too often, I think we cut guys loose and say, we'll help you out as you go. Now, if you could do it 100 times in front of me perfectly. Now, the only thing that scares me about the call by call manager is for me, I run. 11,000 jobs a month. Mm-hmm. How many jobs do you run a month? Honestly,
0: I run about a thousand a month in the slow times. I don't know what it is during busy times. So a thousand jobs.
1: So I would need 11 of those. And we tried this. We called that our virtual field supervisor program. And what we learned was, man, you know, that there's this talented person that needs to do that and be able to work with these guys. But what happens is you call that line and you go, Hey, I'm on my way to a job, dude. I'm working with another guy. And so what I learned for me for garage doors is you got to spend a lot of time up front and train these guys, everything like the back of their hand and no, but, but, but I love the concept of it, dude. You know, what's nice is when you get to a certain size, one of the gals I met that does the dispatching, the tough dispatching, like she's got her own office. She's like, man, I got to sit with these guys every day and I got to figure everything out of the top guys going, where doing this. I forget. I got a picture of her card, but she's like, yeah, I've been here 24 years.
0: Yeah, and, and Barb. Yeah,
1: yep. Yeah. And it's so cool because to find those people and build that process, it just can't happen overnight. You gotta rebuild it. But where are you going to find those people? Because it takes no. time for them to learn this stuff.
0: Well, and that's a cool thing in my business. I would say 95% of my employees now have never worked anywhere else. So they've all been through my training class. We all kind of communicate the same way. In the beginning, I was just hiring anybody and everybody. If you had a fucking pulse, I was bringing in. If you in. If you had any experience... And now when I flipped the script and kind of said, okay, well, no, we're only going to bring up guys from our ranks, right? Or we're going to teach these guys, we'll create sales guys, we'll create technicians. It's made a big difference on the communication side, right? You don't have to teach an old dog new tricks. Hey, this guy only knows the tricks that you taught him. And I think that's been a big difference. So I know you do that same thing. You've got to do a lot of the training in-house where you can you can level on the guys and they can know exactly what you want them to say at any time. You
1: know what? I thought I had good training and I've never seen anything like ours. But I feel like I'm half of what it's gonna be. I mean, dude, I'm learning about certain things. Let me just tell you, certain things like smell. This is called a boomstick. There's somebody just said boom. Yeah.
0: You hit me with that shit in Vegas. I was like, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so the deal is, dude, it's scent, it's hearing. So right now, I'm trying to get my guys to record conversations and I'm trying to get the turnovers that are done virtually. I want all that shit because here's the deal when you come here, I w- I'm going to play 100 perfect calls, and I'm going to hear you replicate it. I'm going to say, let's say the same objection. Let's get over this. Oh, no, no, no. You, you messed up eye contact. Dude, why are you pulling your arms? That looks like shit. No, no, no. Watch your shoes. Watch where they're pointed. Watch the way you stand next to her. Look, all these things. I watched this guy, um, Rodney. Rodney, he's the one of the really, he's a Rodney Webb. And uh, Adam, actually, the guy you just talked to, got on stage with him at this Clope convention. And, and man, he had to repeat Oh, really? What makes you say that? And he had to say all these things perfectly. And Adam was really smart, dude. And, and the guy kept like, No, 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 you you seem angry when you say it. you seem this, you seem that, you seem that. And the employees, their mood, their attitude, the way you make them feel, along with great training and continued training, is probably the most important thing in the company. It's easy for me to say that when I have these trainers and recruiters and stuff. But dude, it's taking your personal time and making a phone call. And I gotta say, and there's one thing I regret is not being there for my guys enough. You know, I'd call my guys every day, and I only have a certain time of the day. Believe it or not, it makes my day calling the guys. The guy has a big day. He calls me. I just had a guy text me 100 or made a million dollars so far this year, which not made. He didn't make that personally, but he just hit a million dollars in revenue. And I've been getting these messages all month. One of them's at 2 million. And I got to tell you, that makes me feel there's guys listening to this right now that go a million dollars. And garage doors, i mean you, you guys you, i don't know what you did in a year probably four or five million you know something crazy but he's we're not selling stuff for the same price
0: it's all relative right in and, and the pricing and, and you know i got a good friend of mine daniel you met him at at, at joe's thing i think he, he works for ishmael now that guy That guy was selling $7 million a year in Southern California in HVAC, dude. There ain't no freaking weather in Southern California, dude. And when you hear stuff like that, it's just, it's kind of crazy to even try to wrap your head around what's possible. I mean, but I think one of the cool things, like, you know, for me, I have a a good friend of mine. I consider him one of my best friends, right? And we went to junior high together. And the kid, we didn't really hang out too much after junior high. went to high school together, but we weren't really like good friends. And I still remember when I first got into HVAC. And like I said, I knew nothing about HVAC. I went from doing construction to all of a sudden I'm an HVAC tech in in training. And I went through Leland's program that he had at the time, which isn't as It's not like it is now where it's like intense training or whatever. It's more of a, it was more communication stuff. And I'm like, cool, I can sell stuff. I'm good at that. But I remember I got out of training and I started doing really good. And a buddy of mine, he, he started, he was following me on Facebook or on social media. And I haven't talked to him in a long time. He reached out to me. He's like, Hey dude, what the hell are you doing now? You're starting to make, you know, I see you making money. You, we both have our daughter the same age. And I said, well, I'm doing HVAC. Well, he's like, well, I'm actually going to school for HVAC at OCC. Or it was like a junior college. I'm like, well, how about you quit that shit and come over and apply where I'm at. They'll train you. I'm like, you don't need all that shit. And he kept kind of pushing me off, pushing me off. Finally, he's like, okay, I'm done. He was, he was a line cook. He was a line cook at a restaurant. I said, just come on and apply. I'll, I'll get you the job. And I told him exactly what to say. I told him how to dress. I told him exactly what they're looking for. And he got the job. And he went through service champions. He did really good. And then he started working for me two years ago. Now, last month, he almost had $500,000 in revenue in sales, right? And he was being a line cook, you know, a couple of years back. He made close to fifty thousand dollars last month selling air conditioning. It's a
1: lot of money, man. I'll tell you what, there, there's a lot of money in the trades. And uh, by the way, if you guys go to homeserviceexpert.com forward slash victor dash ranker, r-a-n-c-o-r, you'll hear a um a summary of all the key takeaways that we put in the notes because Victor's gonna drop some bombs here. He already has it's crazy what guys can make in this industry. And what really bugs me is my whole mentality now, and I've been writing these things down, is what else could we give our employees and and I really am. I'm trying to do the whole carrot thing on top of a lot more. In my opinion, I want these guys to be homeowners. I want them to
0: have the vehicle yeah. they want for their,
1: them and their wives. You know, like I said, a private school, if they choose to be able to go on really, really all-inclusive trips to wherever it might be, Tahiti or, or Hawaii or Florida. And I keep writing more and more down. And I've got a pretty big list going. And I'm like, someone's got to pay for this stuff. And so my prices keep going up. But it's really, you know, I'm comfortable at a certain margin. I'm comfortable between 15 and 20%. There are guys that say 25, 30%. That's fine. But at some point, I think you either you start gouging the customer or you stop paying your people enough money. But what's crazy is the more I think about if I was in their shoes, truly believe that you're in their shoes and really try to put yourself there and say, would I work for this person? And, and yeah, I would work for me, but, but I still think it could be so much better. And I'll tell you what it's going to become a melting pot of amazing people. And it doesn't need to be garage or text. I want to take people in from everywhere. And your secret sauce, if you guys are listening out there, should be, how do I create a melting pot? Where would I want to work? Would I want to work on call five nights a week? Would I want to work as a warranty of the first two jobs that I run, warranty calls? There's all these things. Let me ask you this, Victor. Who would you want to work for? I'm sure you're becoming that person, but you're not. You've been doing this a couple of years, but really... Who would you want to work for? What was important to you in Leland? Like what did you love when you walked in that other shop and you said it's missing structure, it's missing communication, it's missing probably an order chart. But what else what bothered you that that other place didn't have?
0: The owner didn't give a shit. And you know, back to what you're just saying. So that it was an absentee owner. He was living in Hawaii and he had a business in Southern California. So I was working, you know, six days a week, running crazy hours. I was a service manager, sales manager, I was helping with dispatch. I was the top sales guy. So I was doing everything for this guy, and he lived in in Hawaii. I never saw him. I didn't get a pat on back. I didn't get. There's just nothing there, right? Well, then there's you know, there's service champions who's got layers of managers and people that you look up to, and there's you're, you're goal there's goal tracking. So I went from the big leagues down to the minor leagues, where I went from at service champions I was a big fish in a big pond over this place. I was a big fish in a tiny pond. And people didn't, you know, it was just the culture that they had built in Service Champions, where people actually wanted to be really good at their job. Over here, it was like, well, this guy is not here. He doesn't. I don't give a shit. I'm not going to work those extra hours. I'm not going to finish that install today. I'll finish it tomorrow. Stuff like that. there's a mentality thing. And and I think that's that's what I'm trying to build here is that like, no, like we go fuck shit up here, and it's a lot of fun. We go do fun things. I took my guys, you know, to you know the, the Monday night football game the other night. We put them in a company suite like just cool shit. Like, and that's kind of what I want to make it. I want to make this place fun because for a while it wasn't fun anymore. It was, we were so worried about growing, growing, growing. I wasn't paying attention to the people I had that really wanted to be here and really cared about me.
1: I got a phone call last week. I was on a call with all my managers in every single market. And this guy goes, dude, he goes, all the guys are 10 times happier. He goes, all I do is grill. He goes, I've been grilling. And he goes, I even have other garage companies come by. He goes, all they do, they just shoot the shit. He goes, I don't try to recruit them because it's straight across from the manufacturer, like right in the yeah, same yeah. parking lot. And I'm like, yeah. good. And when that happened, I text Crystal. I go, when are these grills coming? And she goes, I got grills coming to every single market. And making pancakes, you know, it's not about, so many people think it's about this expensive shit, football, bringing you guys to Vegas, taking them on planes, doing this, doing that. I'm like, dude, how about thank you every now and then? How about a trophy for kicking ass? How about world's best mom if they're raising five kids at home and you tell him to bring that home to their mom Look at
0: they fight over this every month i gave this <laughs> fucking custom custom fucking belt where'd you get like, that i was on, online it was a website that just makes custom belts and i got that thing made and these guys were battling over it so, so i got guys, that.
1: if you weren't able to see that because you're listening uh he's got this big wwf or wcw belt and they get to wear the belt I love that dude. I'm getting a big freaking wrestling belt, dude. That's that's so <laughs> cool. You know, yeah, they're pretty part so of good. My thing is uh, Just still pe- other people's good ideas.
0: No, it's I mean, that's it's uh, it's a little R D, rod and duplicate, you know what I
1: mean? Oh no, I you know, yeah, that's what we do. Someone asked about the training programs. I'll tell you a little bit about mine, is it's it's an eight-week process. LDB kind of gave me everything he's got, and then I kind of made it into Raj stores, but he, he gave me all the manuals. Someone asked about manuals. Like the first 10 I got from him, and then we started making more once we got the outline of how it's done. And so now we have something like 47 manuals or something crazy. But the way I do it is you start out as an apprentice for four weeks, and we get you into to Phoenix. But you got to learn shit. You got to go through. And the more shit I could teach you in that four weeks and make sure you're on time and good. When you come to Phoenix, dude, now you're going to leave a million dollar producer. I mean, it's very rare, or you're going to fall off within the first 60 days. So there's only one of two answers, million-dollar producer or fall off. And yes, everything we do, we go through, first, you're going to learn every single thing to be a ninja on the garage door. Because if you don't know, but then you learn how to sell financing and learn your way around the iPad. There's so many things you got to learn, but here's the deal. I got guys that come in on the weekend and teach now. I got guys that come in at nights. If you need extra help, they'll come in at four in the morning for you. And so you got to want it. So I get in front of the class tomorrow, I'm talking for three hours. And trust me, me talking three hours is easy. I don't even have to go pee. Like I just get up there. We, we talk for 90 minutes. I don't know. Yours was shorter. I had to talk for yeah. 90 minutes and I go like, like people are like who the hell is going to go up there and talk for 90 minutes? That was like a fart in the wind for me. I was like, 90 minutes is already done, guys. I'm sorry. I guess I got to be done here. But orientation, that's one of the things Al talks about telling you guys why they're here, helping them yeah. understand the vision and the mission and what's the purpose. What is the purpose of being here right now? And, and this time I, I literally went up there for 10 minutes and ended up being 45 minutes. And I go, guys, everybody's watching you. You won't even realize it. When I watch you walk by a piece of paper in the parking lot, I'm mentioning it to the trainers. When I see you pick it up, I'm mentioning it to the trainers. When I watch the smallest things, like when, if I see you yawning and falling asleep in the morning, I'm like, it's okay every once in a while. All of us make mistakes. All of us get drunk. Some of you guys don't drink, whatever you guys do. But the deal is, is we make mistakes, but come on, dude. Every morning you come in and these little things we notice, and my goal is to send them home sooner than later. What's your goal? As far as what? What's your trick about training? Because not a lot of people have this figured out.
0: So obviously you know if i'm if i have a training program and i learned this from leland right the the main thing i want to focus on the first couple of days are they on time if they're late they're fired period If they like for my guys they have to shave every day if not shave not you can't fucking follow a rule and shave your face every day you can't be you can't work for me uh but main thing I'm always looking for attendedness if they're falling asleep in a class you know if they're yawning falling asleep whatever it is and they're they're not going to make it so you know you probably do the same thing so what i'll try to do and I got this from Leland you go get 20 dudes or you might get a hundred, right? Hundred guys to start. And your goal through that eight weeks is to weed those people out. Because those eight weeks, yeah, it costs you money to train them, but it costs you more money to keep the guys that aren't really meant to be there. So Leland will weed them down. So like I remember I was in a class of 20 people. And when I left that class after eight weeks, like three people left, right? It was only me and two other people that made it through that decided this is the career we're gonna have. And I think that's a really key factor in it. Is you have to make it to where you know these guys when they're done there, they feel like they earn something. They should get an award when they finish. They should feel like, dude, I, I made through, made it through because those those are going to create more loyal employees, right? So I think for me, the main thing I want to do is, is make sure that I not just train them, but culture them to where like I'm sure when they're done that I, I want to invest the thirty grand it takes to stock a truck and, and the gas and the call and send someone to my calls it costs a lot of money, you know?
1: Well you hit the nail on the head and our goal is kind of like um you got Navy SEALs, and then you got SEAL Team 6. So, first of all, becoming a Navy SEAL is almost impossible. To make it to uh, to becoming a, a in the Navy is tough. Navy SEALs is almost impossible. SEAL Team 6 is like the best of the best of the best of the best. So I consider this like SEAL Team 6. And I'll tell you, I walked up upstairs one time, Victor, and, and I look, and there's like nine dudes. And, man, I'm trying to get to 50 because 50 will give me 30. But I'm seeing fifty that fly out to to Phoenix, and I got to tell you, my heart kind of dropped a little bit because my trainers tell me if a class isn't twenty or more, it's not as effective. There's not as much participation. There's not as much engagement. It's just not not what it needs to be. So, you know, that's the day I told you that up on stages. Jody Jody's wife Vanessa called me up and said, "Hey, dude, we got a program, and it's worked out great." Because I'll tell you this, we're interviewing now. Probably fifty people a day, and the cool thing that I love about this whole program and what we were already were doing, but when I was able to quadruple the amount of people we went through, yeah, the class is less than twenty five. It's right around there, but man, I had every single eyeball when I walked in. They're like, "Hoorah!" A one from day one, and they started, and I was like, "Boom!" And all of a sudden, they're just energy, and they're like, you, "You could drop a pin," and they're taking notes. And I was like, "Write this down." I was like, "How many of you guys have ever wanted this?" And every hand went up. How many of you guys have done this? Boom. And I'm like, you guys competitive? Who here wants to be number one? Every freaking hand, boom, I'm going to be number one. And I'm like, this is freaking like steroids, dude. Like these guys, yeah. if, look at this. If I take 20 guys, look at this. Let's just add this up. 20 guys do a million, okay? The next month, 20 do a million. 20 do a million, 20 do. You can't go 20 times 12 because, but you got to understand. I, I love this because it's going to be a little bit of math and it's going to be a little bit off. So you got 20 million the next month, you might have 18. The next month, you might have 16 the next month. It's probably like more like 19, 18, 17 million. When you add it all up, it comes out to hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. But here's the deal. Once again, I go back to this thing. How many lives are you changing? How many wives, kids, husbands, whatever it might be? How much are you giving back at that point? And that's what's crazy to me is at this point, I've got a fiduciary responsibility to grow this business to the yeah. biggest and best anybody's ever freaking seen. And I'm not, look, the problem is I don't need the money. The scariest thing about me is I don't fucking care if I lose. I don't care. Cause I'm going to come back 10 times stronger. And yeah, I'm a scary competitor because I've already got the money. So anybody that wants to go head to head, just, I don't have to do dirty things. I will not do dirty things. I don't need to lie, cheat, or steal, but I will tell you this, people are going to know who we are. And they're going to come work for the better company and i love what you just said victor more than anything is you went to uh you were a big fish in a big pond but you went to a company that had people come here and they go man you got more meetings than anybody i've ever met you've got a thursday meeting you got more training you got ride alongs you've got you keep track you've got competitions and i'm like if you don't like that if you're like a lone survivor this is not for you buddy well, you
0: well, I, I remember being in a meeting and one of the guys gets up and it's a hundred and something people in this meeting and and Leland's like, oh there's anything you guys want to say blah 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 and he's like he gets up and he says I think the place is like a fucking cold and Leland says yeah it is a fucking cold it's a money cold so why don't you sit your ass down <laughs> it what? A, it's, what? What? it's a money cold Money we, we make we're fucking make money here so why don't you sit your ass down everybody's like oh shit <laughs>
1: so you know, well, it, it, you know leland is a special type of person and, and anybody that knows him that's worked with him and i know a couple of people just say you're not going to find anybody that operates at that level he's done it for so long and you know what, what he told me when i said that with him he gave me a book he told me to read this a while ago you're gonna know it it's somewhere off here but it's called uh, double your province of six months or less by bob pfeiffer i don't know where it is but he said you read that book time it'll change your life but also and he's got a, a COO that's just next to him. A real nice guy. Uh, Tony,
0: is it? Yeah, I can't remember his name. He got there after I left. It was Frank DeMarco.
1: Frank, Frank. Yeah, Frank. And then, you know, he's got a CMO and he's got he's got this really skinny uh, CFO that's a cool dude. Really nice guy. Anyway, they're all sitting four next to me and they all start talking. They go, you want to know Leland's secret? Is he's here all day Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You could catch him there. He goes, he's got a passion for working. And I got to tell you this. He might have sacrificed a lot. You know, I know he's got kids. But I got to tell you, when you love what you do, now listen, there's no sacrifice for not making it to a soccer game of your kids or seeing them play the violin for the first time or me. but when you love what you do, it's not work. And sometimes you got to pinch yourself and say, you got to leave. You got kids. You got a relationship. But if you love it that much, and Victor, one thing you said to me, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm going to because that's what I do. As you said um, you love to teach more than you love to run the business. And I don't know exactly. I know some of your employees might watch it, And I know you absolutely love taking care of them and giving them as much. But you also said, and you don't, look, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, like the little secret oh, you told me, but you said, I love helping more at a time because you made so many mistakes and you get more out of it. And see, I don't like training as much as people. I like telling them my story, but I'd rather be working in the business, and I, on the business, but in the business. I share these stories and I love the people that want to listen and come through for tours, but you have a passion to teach. I've got a passion. It's a different type of passion. Explain that to me.
0: Maybe it could be misconstrued. So I love my business, right? I love growing the business. I don't, so like the, you know, the day to day, the beating down every number and knowing, like, you know, yes, like at this point, like I have to know that I know that stuff, but. What well, gets me excited, like, when I and I communicate with people all over the country, and I have partners that were in other states. And when I give them an idea, right, and they go run with it, and I watch to take off for them, but it's like an idea of our I've already been using I implement on me, and I was saying, go try this, right? And I watch them. they come back, they're like, dude, it's it's double my revenue, or it's done this, or that. I'm like, I just get excited. I've, I've always been like that my whole life. i like, I'm a giving person, and, and I try to help as many people as I can, but to say, I want to be part of the business as long as it's, it's it's talking about growing. But if it's like the day-to-day mundane stuff, like I have to hire people for that. I just, I have bad ADDs. I don't like that little stuff, but I like, I do love my business and growing it. But if I came down to it, I said, Hey, I can never go help anybody again. Or I can have this, this, this giant, I can have this billion dollar business, but I can never help anybody again. Then I wouldn't take the billion dollar business if that makes sense.
1: It does make sense because you think I like to run an Excel sheet and say, Ooh, look at this. what I think no, no, hell no. <laughs> oh, no. I got things that I'm working on here. when I get in, in the morning, I'm working on rehash for sales and service upsells on the way to the house, internal text messages to remind my employees about recruiting, getting an appointment scheduled because we're having a hard time with that yearly updates for their tune up. And then I'm also working on geofencing, all the supply houses and TikTok for recruiting. And I get to whiteboard and create a whole process, and then go over with my team, cross things out, erase stuff, fix them, and then A-B test it, and then see the results. That, to me, is that, like that's that one. That's fun. That's fun.
0: But I get to do this all day, every day.
1: And then I get to talk to people and say, how'd it work? And they go, dude, it was great, but here's what I would switch. Okay, awesome. I'm going to give that out to three guys. Dude, it worked, but I'm going to do this. Boom, I'm going to give that out to 10 guys. Then all of a sudden, you say, we just moved the needle 30% in one month. Like, that shit just makes me go... It just, it's just so much fun. And people are like, dude, you like to whiteboard? I like to whiteboard everything. Like, uh, the, to me, it's like, look, I got a freaking marker here. I, I, I whiteboard all the time because, you know, I'm always working on processes. I'm always working on the pieces and mixing them up and saying, let's figure this out. And I got to tell you, the exponential growth, you know, when we sat down for dinner. Yeah. And Joe was nice enough to take us out. And um, I think I got bitted the most, by the way, I don't know. But uh, (laughs) he did a charity raffle and uh, maybe I got the most, who knows. But what's so fun about this business is the math equation of acquisitions. That to me is like, it starts to get really, really fun when you can see that if there's businesses out there right now, Victor, they can't get supplies. They can't get human beings to show up to work. They can't figure out if they're profitable. They've got 25 calls coming in a day, but they can't book them because they don't have the employees and the employees they do have, they're working to death. And I'm like, man, imagine if we work together. Because I got things that you don't, and you get 25 calls a day without even marketing. And the things that I was showing you, I feel like it's taken me years to kind of figure out. But dude, you got to understand, man. The only other thing I know that's worth more than what we're doing is software could be worth 20 to 25 times revenue. But it takes long. And I'll tell you this, the one thing I do know Well, I know this, my thing's recession proof and software that I know it takes, look, you got Apple that was able to grow. You got Microsoft, you got some software companies that have done pretty well and to have like FinTech and to have those things, yes, they're great, but there's such an opportunity cost. I mean, look, you're, you're going after something right now and and service is a $12 billion company. But what happens is when they start buying out companies and become the leader You know that you're always going to get challenged when you're at the top. You know that no matter what Facebook's got challenged before. It's interesting. What is your thought about uh, software? Just overall, whatever you want to talk about. with it.
0: I mean, obviously there's always going to be somebody new and better, right? And someone's going to figure out the, I think it's in the next couple of years that the AI is what's going to dominate our industry, right? Because everybody's coming in, private equity is coming in. They don't know the business. They want the business to run itself, right? And they want to run it with as little amount of people and make as much profit as possible. So someone is going to create the software that's going to fill that hole for these private equity companies. And it's going to be able to eliminate overhead with human beings, right? Because eventually, at some point, they're going to try to cut out as many humans as possible. because That's how you make money. So I think that's going to happen. And it's going to be, it might be service tight. It might be another software. It might be something we've never even heard of, right? But somewhere already right now. Amazon. 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 I know that, you know, Fixify has got a great product they're coming out with. And, and these, I've seen these other ones and there's like someone eventually going to figure out that thing where they can obviously bring a competitive cost to the owner of the business or whatever the equity firm. And also going to figure out the AI part where they don't need as many people. Because if you can cut out the amount of humans that you need to operate a business and if you only had to focus on the sales guys, the service guys, and the installers, and you didn't have to have office staff. Okay, well, now we, have, now we have something that matters, right? Well, and I
1: just think, think about I'm, this. That's Amazon. Do you not think, okay, yeah. right now, every time Google Guarantee gets a phone call, they're measuring the time it takes you to get to that job. They're all geofencing your phone. The Amazon, all these things, they're collecting data, okay? Yeah. All they're trying to do is when you collect a lot of data, you start to build what's called significant intervals on a bell curve. And they'll figure out, see, they're always going to need us. But the problem yeah. is it's gonna become more commoditized. The multipliers and the profitability are going to go down. And I know that sounds scary to a lot of people, especially the Ken Haynes, the Ken Goodrichs, the Leland's, but they're going to commoditize this industry and they're gonna make a lot of money doing it. They're gonna always need us and they're gonna understand the true cost you see. For 90% of the guys out there, it's gonna be a great thing because they're actually gonna get paid more money. But the big companies, we're gonna take a little bit of a haircut because now they're gonna be able to automate. They're gonna know who the best guy is, how long they take to do this job, and how to get it done. And guess what? Their plan has always been to Uberize yep. the industry. And if you guys don't think they're collecting a ton of data right now, you don't think that garage doors, okay, just so you know, Liftmaster, which means nothing to you, but it's like the mother of all yeah, for garage no. openers, they got bought by Blackstone. This is one of the biggest hedge funds in the world. Now, what do you think they bought? Technology. Now, what do you think they know? Liftmaster knows every time your garage door has an issue, they own the data. They could send that easily to Amazon. They pay them for it. They are coupled together. Do you not think that builders are starting to build houses without groceries because of auto- autonomous cars and you could use that house, to, that area of square feet? So I want to just tell you, we're going to be changing a lot. And those people that are listening right now that think they got it all figured out and nothing's going to happen and nothing's going to change. Right now, Google two years ago could book a job for you. A hair salon and change the date and it sounds better than a normal human. So I don't even want to hear it. What happens is they can't because the government will have to subsidize right now because so many jobs would be lost. So right now it's gonna slowly evolutionize into different industries. I think it happens a lot quicker in HVAC than garages because there's so many. If you know you got a five-ton unit, you're already starting to see them for sale everywhere, right? You could see yeah. it in HVAC, but you still need to know how to keep that other room cold. You still gotta know how to fix it, you still gotta know how the heat pump, I don't know anything about HVAC, but but I do know that it's happening right now, right before our eyes. And
0: if it doesn't scare you, then you're an idiot. hundred percent. This, 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 this is this is this is conversation. So you know, I talked to you when we were in Vegas about me partnering with these other HVAC businesses in different states and stuff. And the same conversation I have with them, I say, look, at, and some of these guys, they, you know, they're thinking, oh, I'm going to go hang around for the next 20 years, and I'm going to get paid in 20 years. I'm like, well, you probably don't have 20 years to get paid. If you don't figure it out now, you're going to probably pass on your opportunity, right? Because that little, your little $3 million shop might be worth money now, but a couple of years, it's not going to be worth that much. They're not going to need that, that little guy. They're going to look for only for the big guys, right? It's the same thing. So we have this time right now. Like, If you're going to go, you need to go now, right? You need to go you blow your damn it. thing up.
1: Here, here's my best tips. And I said this in the beginning of my, um, and I want to hear, I want to do, uh, I know we went over, we're going a little bit over. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go a speed round. So first I want to start with this. I'll give you my tips to you, give me yours. Number one, you get on accrual accounting. Number two, you get audited by one of the big four. Number three, you find out every freaking hole. You hire a consultant to come in and find every single hole. Number four, you make sure you got executives that could do well in front of a private equity company. Number five, you get all your KPIs dialed in. And you get contracts for every one of your employees and you create an equity incentive program. And what I would do that is it would hold everybody in for the next turn. Those are some quick, simple little things you can do. And I, I hopefully talked over a lot of people's heads yeah. so I just gave my whole playbook, but Victor. I mean,
0: just systemize your business. I mean, you pretty much said it all, right? But the main thing is just systemizing everything, making it to where when someone comes in, they feel like they can run it without you, right? And if they can't run it without you, you don't have a you don't have a business to sell in the beginning, right? So the guy wants to be able to come in and be able to duplicate you without you having to be there. So systemize everything, right? And then obviously make sure you have the right financial controls in place. And obviously make it and pay attention to that bottom line because that company, when someone comes around and they don't give a shit that you spend all this money this year on training and all this stuff. So you got to make sure EBITDA is always right. So always make sure you have those profits before anything else.
1: And if you do, just one simple comment on that if you are putting money into greenfield growth or anything else is make sure you catalog it right make sure you got a controller that knows how to put those as ad backs and say we decided to invest this much in consulting and this and that those are called ad backs and that still counts as profit all right next speed round you blew up fast man tell me what did you do for marketing to get that big that quick what what seemed to be the big roi how did you freaking create that many jobs
0: overnight For me, it was, it was social media. So for us, I can, I found out I can get leads on, on Facebook for about $20 a lead. And the big thing was figuring out how to bridge the gap from getting that lead actually to getting it converted. And that's what we were able to figure out. I automated my Facebook ads that took my booking rate from about 30% up to 80%. So I was getting in front of more people and then figuring out a way to get them qualified. So that's how I grew my business so fast with social media. That's crazy. Just Facebook. Just Facebook. Yeah. So Facebook was our number one ROI on everything for the first years of business. You don't know a guy named Peter, do you? Peter was, he was a competitor of mine for my marketing agency, but he didn't. Peter Lewis? Yeah, I know Peter. Yeah.
1: Okay. I I know he used to get a ton of HVAC leads. All right. What about recruiting? What's the best way to recruit?
0: You got to be the recruiter. So if you're the business owner, you have to recruit. So the first thing you got to do is make sure that people have heard about you, right? You want to get your name out there. And then if you're a business owner you want to go through people, you already like you go through your employees, but don't say, Hey, reach out to your friend, ask them for your friend's number. Let me call him because if the owner calls, it's a far more powerful thing. You know, one of my competitors, Ishmael, right? He's the most famous competitor or recruiter I right know. Uh, he'll text people 24 hours a day, seven days a week to right, try to recruit them. And it's just super powerful coming from the owner. So obviously I, I'm using your friend that we met and I met in Vegas to so be using him to do some recruiting. But if you want to recruit guys, you better get your ass maker. You should be smiling and dialing and making it happen.
1: Yeah, Jody, I think he's got a website now, rapidhire.info. He's helping me on so many fronts, dude. The guy understands software. Anyways, so you got recruiting. You got that. You got that. Let's go. This is the last few questions. If someone wants to get a hold of you, they want to reach out. I know you got your Facebook group. Tell me, how do they get a hold of you? How do they get training? How do they get a tr- part of your... Uh, your Facebook group, what, what's the lowdown on that?
0: Um, my biggest one I'm on is Facebook. So you can look at my name, Victor Rancor. Uh, I, have a, I run a Facebook group for home service owners. So it's called Home Service Heroes. And if you go on Home Service Heroes, that's, there's about 2,500 of us in there that are like-minded people. Uh, if you guys are looking for sales training or to try to figure out where you can buy my app, it comes out. It's a call servicehero.com forward slash app. Uh, the app launches in a couple days. And I think it's going to change the way that people do business
1: what are three books you recommend is there three killer books that just changed your life
0: this one's not the best book but it's one of my books i read when i was when i was finally ready to jump on my own so i liked who, who moved my cheese if you guys probably wow. read it. it's a quick amazing book yeah quick read right it's not it's nothing long obviously i have the e-myth e was good and then my buddy judge he's gonna get the that he wrote a book called scale with speed and it it's all about how to scale your business at fucking light speed so uh, he uses a lot of culture building, stuff like that. So, if you guys do come to my Vegas that, he's the opener, then he has uh he runs a a business growth training called Burn the Ships in Texas. This guy knows how to build a fucking culture. He's actually the one that created carrots. so he's my partner there. The guy knows how to create a winning culture and get people want to come work there. He, uh, he scaled a marketing agency to one hundred forty million and exited, it. but he's also scaled I think five different hundred million dollars. This is just took one public recently too. His name? his name is Judge Graham. Judge, like judge yeah, like judge judy j u d g e and then graham g-r-a-h a -A m. Judge, judge. okay, yeah, no, I got it. Okay,
1: and then um last thing that I do here, and I appreciate you coming on. By the way, if anybody wants to come to Service Hero, 10 times event, I know it's coming up here in a couple
0: weeks. How do they do that? Uh if you'd like to come to the event, you can you can DM me. I'll actually give a discount to anybody that's listening to Tommy's podcast. I got a couple of general mission tickets left. So if you guys reach out. I will get you guys a discounted ticket. Uh, let's say, fuck it, I'll do, I don't have that many left, but if you guys want to come, I'll do a ticket, a general admission for 1500 bucks. if you guys want to come. I think I have about 20 tickets left.
1: So Grant Cardone, he's he's an amazing guy. I can't wait to see him. You know, the deal is, is as I really respect the guy over time, you, you hear a lot of Gary V's and Grant Cardone. Those are two of the guys in Tony Robbins that I respect. And I love what he says. And I'm actually, I read the 10X rule because my sister told me to read it like five Whenever it first came out, I, I just think it's great, man. And uh, last thing yeah. I do is we talk. Go ahead.
0: No, I was just gonna say it's not even just that. Just the the everybody that's there, man. You being there, right? So I was just in a room with you a couple of weeks ago, and the first time I finally met you, and I've been following you for a while, man. And then you get to and you get to be around people that are are hungry entrepreneurs, and they just start talking, right? Like when we start communicating, it's, it's different. And when you guys are, you've never been around that. And you get to see how these guys think and, and how they act and how much they like my help. I think it's just powerful being in a room with that many fucking millionaires. I think in that room will be probably close to 300 people that are millionaires, all of them. So there's, everybody there's got money. You get to kind of rub shoulders with people that have been there, done that, and, and pick their brain.
1: You know, it's interesting because part of this mastermind, I pay $100,000 a year for everybody there does $100 million or more. And I found a couple of people that I latched onto that are teaching me shit, dude, that literally is going to grow me exponentially. And I'm like studying them and they don't know this, but in the background, I'm basically stalking them. And uh, I think it's important because I'm finding new ways to get to the top that no one else is doing in the home service space. So it's pretty cool. Last thing I do, Victor, is I want to give you a chance. We talked about a lot of great things, really hit a lot of things on this podcast. I want to give you a chance to, to give us some really, really good takeaways, maybe some take action today. But whatever it is, uh, I'll give you a few minutes. If it's a story, if it's something to go do today, if it's just whatever you think that we might have not touched upon or, or talked enough about, I'll give you the floor. So,
0: and I can't stress this enough, if you guys are young, you guys coming up is build your personal brand. Uh, and I tell people this all the time and how powerful it is, right? I was a guy doing oil changes nine years ago for $6 a fucking hour. And quickly over the last nine years, you know, pretty much over the last three years, I've been able to per- build a personal brand. So if you guys are going to go start a business, use social media, use that stuff and bring people along for the ride, post a lot on your social media, post about your business, talk about your business, have pride in your business, give back to your community and post about it. Because what happens is you're going to get this community of people that follow you and watch you grow. And then they want to be part of you. They want to refer your friends. So it's the most free marketing you can do with social media. So I think that was big with my business is in my first two years of business, I gave away 28 free systems, right? And I came out of my own pocket. Nobody helped me. I just, anytime I ran into a situation where someone really needs it, I gave it away for free. And I started talking about it and bringing it up. And magically, all of a sudden, everybody wants to do business with me because that's the kind of person I am. And I think that, obviously, I'm not telling you you'll give away 28 free systems because that takes a lot of money. But I'm just telling you, just build your personal brand and take everybody along for the ride. And you'll be surprised how much your business grows as opposed to, the, you know, the other day I saw somebody post and he's like... I really need you guys help. Uh, my sales training company is going out of business. And in there, he he's never I looked on his social media. There's nothing about his on his social media about his sales training business or that he does sales training or any of that shit. Even in the post, he doesn't talk about it. I'm like, dude, no one's getting that shit you've never even talked about. So talk about it all the time and magically you'll watch your business grow.
1: You know, as funny is this podcast right now, I guarantee you half the people watching. This when this comes out, it'll get 30,000 listeners for the month, but right now there's 26 people on lot right now and probably quite a few of them i know personally that might not even be in the home service space but they're getting something out of it and i second that if you guys are not thinking about getting more involved in the community telling people what you do telling them how you could help but also you know little things like Victor, what's your favorite restaurant
0: around your local one i love mastro's
1: so there's a mastro's right so Mastro does pretty well already, but maybe you find a little bit more mom and pop one. And you yeah. say, listen, here's what we're going to do. Give me a local one.
0: So there's a, there's a pizza shop. So it's called Magic Mike's Pizza.
1: Magic Mike. You can dress up like Magic Mike out there. So you go to Magic wow. Mike's. and you, say that, you get the owner and you say, dude, how are times? And he's going to go, man, we're barely holding on or whatever. And you say, here's the deal. Hopefully Magic Mike's has done a good job doing that. And you say, listen, I want to buy the next hundred pizzas. I want to do a story and I'm going to do a podcast. We're going to do a giveaway. And you go on and you say, listen, I want a big billboard on here. that says what we're doing. And I want the reason I'm telling you to make this famous is because I want other people to act like me. So here at A1 Garagers, this is what we believe. We believe everybody should be contributing to their local shops. And you give away 100 pizzas and you say, dude, give them to me for 15 bucks instead of 22 because, you know, I'm going to get this thing as social. Everybody's going to share it. We're going to have a contest. So many little ideas by helping the people you love the most and the the competition. And listen, we are so slammed right now. I can't even take on jobs. I mean, it's crazy. I love it. And we're hiring as fast as we can. I love it. But listen, dude, you got the world by the balls, man. And I got to say, dude, you you, you came up quick and I really appreciate it, you coming on. And listen, if you need anything, I appreciate you letting me speak at your event. I'm going to kill it for 45 minutes. I'm going to come with nunchucks and uh, spears. And we're going to be cashing checks and breaking necks. But I got to tell you, dude, I've never seen anybody come up like you did. And, you know, the thing is you have listened, you appreciate it. You tell people that you love Leland, you tell them where you came from. You don't lie. You said April, May, you were dying and now you're killing it. I appreciate your honesty and uh, you're going places and I'm going to watch you succeed left and right in the middle, man. So keep up the great work. And I, I mean this, I really appreciate you coming on and dropping some some great advice and bombs on here. So thank you. Hey,
0: I'll see you at the top, big dog. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks, man. Tommy, thanks for having me come on. And like I said, everybody that's listening out there, like I said, me and Tommy ain't nobody special. We just worked our ass off to get what we got. So if you're out there, put in the work and, and it's pay off in the long run. So don't give up yet. Yeah.
1: Don't give up. Thanks, guys. I'll see All you guys right next time, you time. time. Hey, guys, I just wanted to thank you real quick for listening to the podcast from the bottom of my heart means a lot to me and I hope you're getting as much as I am out of this podcast our goal is to enrich your lives and enrich your businesses and your internal customers which is your staff and if you get a chance please 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 subscribe you're going to find out all the new podcasts you're going to be able to ask me questions to ask the next guest coming on and and do me a quick favor leave a quick review it really helps us out when you like the podcast and you leave a review, make it four or five sentences, tell us how we're doing. And I just wanted to mention real quick, we started a membership. It's homeservicemillionaire.com forward slash club. You get a ton of inside look at what we're gonna do to become a billion dollar company. And uh, we're just, we're, we're, we're telling everybody our secrets basically. And people say, why do you give your secrets away all the time? And I'm like, you know, the hardest part about giving away my secrets is actually trying to get people to do them. So we also create a lot of accountability within this program. So check it out. It's homeservicemillionaire.com forward slash club. It's cheap. It's a monthly payment. I'm not making any money on it to be completely frank with you guys, but I think it will enrich your lives even further. So thank you once again for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it.